everyone. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday. It's October 26th. It's 2020, and we're here with the Week 7 NFL Review Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Blenderhead, Jordan Cooper. How are you doing, my friend? Good. It was it was one of those uh, weeks where uh, my cash lineup pretty much outscored all my GPP lineups, but uh, but I won, like, I think 96% of my head-to-heads, so uh, it, was a, it was a profitable week. Um, I was just telling you that, like, I, I purposely, like, so I talk about this every week. I play a main lineup, and I throw it in cash games, double ups, three-man, stuff like that. Um, and then, like, I throw it in some higher-dollar single-entry tournaments. So I'm never really going to be optimal. But this week, I purposely made sure I was not going to be optimal because I did not love Giovanni Bernard in cash this week. So um, we'll talk about that in a minute, and we'll get into that and break down our cash lineups like we always do. Uh, But just week seven overall, like, it seemed to be, like, a pretty chalky week. Yeah, and that's why you get the the, the tweets. I know I last night, I'm like, uh, I know people are going to wake up in the morning and be like, I can't believe I scored 200 points and didn't even cash. And thinking in terms of like absolute values of, of when the chalk hits, ev- everyone's getting those points. So like, if you played Devonte Adams, like you weren't special, he scored 47 points. And you, if you thought you were happy with that, it's like, well, you're competing with like 30 to 40% of the field that also has those points. you got 20 points out of Jamal Williams. Well, every, most people have those points. You got, you got points out of, uh, uh, uh Keenan Allen 25 points like 20% of the people had those points so you, people think in terms of like their own lineup in a vacuum and then compare their scores from week to week and go well I put up a 160 last week I'm d- uh, that's pretty good I made a bunch of money I put 90 I put 190 points up and I lost all my money like it's about scoring more than your opponents and if you're not taking into account what your opponents are doing you're not realizing that just because you have a high score, well, every, every a lot of other people have high scores too. And we're playing contests where it's progressively paid out. In cash games, you're just trying to get to the top of that. If you if you scored enough to score in your double ups, it doesn't matter that that I scored 216 and you scored 198. We both get the same amount of money. My my extra 18 points didn't do me any good in double ups anyway, but in GPPs, it absolutely does. So don't necessarily judge your weeks by the, the raw points that you put up. Judge your weeks by one, looking into results DB like we do every Monday and you should be doing after every slate and seeing what the good, sharper players, profitable, long-term, top-end players did. See if what you could learn from that. Did Were, were you thinking similarly? And number two, uh, did, were you able to find points that other people didn't have? Now, whether or not you found yeah. them in lineups that that didn't do well enough, I had plenty of lineups where I found good leverage points, but the leverage points didn't matter because the chalk hit. I mean, like all the all the chalk hit, so I wasn't gaining any extra points from having that low owned player than by just playing the the high owned player. But the the decision making was fine, and in most weeks in GPP, an, the, enough of the chalk will underperform that over the course of a 17-week season, maybe you have two or three great weeks, and that makes your season. Yeah, and the weeks that the chalk hit, your cash lineup should cover your GPP. So, um, you know, that's kind of what happened um, a lot this week for me. Like, Because, like, we're going to get into it when we get, like, talking tournaments, and, like, I, I, I was on a right a lot of the right spots. It's just, like, the runbacks that I had. Like, I had Adams, but I had – Fuller, like it was just the Adam, like the the runbacks this week um, struggled in some of the games that I really like. So let's yeah, start where we always a lot of people in GPPs. I looked through results DB this morning, and oh my god, our normal scolds that we have in the mornings <laughs> with the correlations, it was way way worse this week than this. I mean, literally on, on on for week seven, from the ownership perspective, looked much more like a week one or week two type of type in both formats in cash as well as GPP of how few correlations there were in GPP. Now, but now I'm saying this knowing that you didn't need the correlations because all the chalk smashed. So it didn't matter if you correlated, uh, but, but, but in, in cash games, I mean, we'll go over cash lineups right now. 
Like the, the, this, I've never seen this year, because typically in the beginning of the year, you get more new people in, right? You get kind of more like dead money. They build suboptimal lineups. And then as the season goes on, you know, the, the kind of the survival of the fittest happens. But I, I, a week seven where the disparity between the hundred dollar double up and the five dollar double up were, ma- I mean, massive. I mean, the double digits, 20 plus percent differences. And I'm just, I, I know people joke around on, on Twitter about the, you know, the secret chat that apparently we all have, even though we don't. <laughs> and, and similar lineups, but like once Aaron Jones got ruled out and like, and, and, Thomas was ruled out like the the build the, if you weren't considering like basically 2v2 3v3s of a maybe a condensed pool of like 13 players like then you have to re- really reevaluate your cash process or sign up for Roto Grinders premium and and check the projections cuz you know the projections will back up uh, most of those types of builds yeah projections optimals this week across the industry um are gonna spit out what we saw like there was no no collusion this week it was just a very obvious build um let's get into it let's talk some cash games here i'll let you kind of go through your run through process and then like i'll talk about how i wanted to approach it and be different this week okay well uh in my cash lineup i scored 216 uh and the funny thing is is that although i look at projections i don't build a construction for cash like I until like Sunday morning and I do it by hand. So typically uh, after my, I'm tweaking my GPP builds, it's, you know, about an hour before lock. And I'm like, okay, let me put together my cash lineup. And then I hand build, put it together. I, I, I saw two lineups that's like, I'm either playing this one or this one. It happened to be the two most duplicated lineups. And it's, it was one, it, it, my first one that I chose ended up being Cardi's the blitz optimal. Like I, I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to play this lineup. And then I go to the blitz projections and I go, well, what does the blitz have as the optimal? <laughs> it's the same lineup I just hand built. So like, it's like, I, I said in the blitz chat in, uh, in, in the discord, that I'm like, I guess I'm with you guys. And most of the time I'm not most of the time. I'm like maybe a two V two off of it. Uh, so I'm like, like, no, I guess, I guess I'm, I'm guess if everyone, if anyone's playing the, uh, the, the top optimal projected blitz lineup, uh, that, that's what I hand built. And then the second one was the one that like some uh, like literally 200 other sharp players played Adam Levitan, you know, if you know him from, uh, from uh, the community, like his cash game review, he had it also. I mean, like, so it was uh, on the, on the uh, guild cast was the same lineup that Sammy Reed and Davis Maddock had. It's the same, the same thing. And uh, my lineup was almost close to Nate Nolan's lineup. So like, it was a two v two everything. So I had a Watson at quarterback, Williams, Williams, uh, Bernard, and Kamara, uh, Allen, McLaurin, Adams, Jared Cook in the tight end spot, and the Washington defense. The other lineup I was considering was Kyler at quarterback, Williams, Bernard, Kamara. Then in, basically instead of Allen, uh, play Traquan Smith. And then instead of Jared Cook, you go up to Travis Kelsey. You still play the Washington defense. So it was a 3v3 between those two lineups. And then I, I, chose, the, I chose the first one. But if you the, the second one scored 208. So uh, you would have cashed in double ups. It, it would have been a difference. Instead of me winning like 96% of my head-to-heads, I would have won like 84% of my head-to-heads, which still is a very profitable week. But, but the, the pools of players that you should have been thinking of at quarterback for cash games – was was Kyler or or Watson? I could make in some other weeks. Maybe you could make the case of Burrow was an option if you wanted to pay down. I get it. Uh, at running back, you were playing uh, Williams, Bernard, Kamara, Hunt, pretty much. Either you paid down twice at running back, or you or you paid down once at running back. It depended what you wanted to do with the wide receiver in the tight end position. Uh, in the wide receiver slots, the pool of players was Terry McLaurin. Uh, I mean, I'll even pull it up right here just so I can reference it. Terry McLaurin, Adams, Allen, Traquan Smith. Uh, but I, I, if you want, if you wanted to play Deontay Johnson, if you had a, that was a weird $200 salary off of Traquan Smith. If you got him in, he was viable. Uh, if you played uh, Lockett, even, I mean, if you played Lockett and Adams, you crushed in cash. But I mean, that was, that was a viable build. 
Uh, if you play Kenny Galladay, even at sixty seven hundred, I think I think that's I think that was perfectly fine. Uh, other than that, pretty much. I mean, if you played Hopkins over Adams, I I I, I don't want I don't want to call you crazy with the the total in that game, but I think Adams' target share is just so much above Hopkins that, especially with Aaron Jones not playing. That you you just play Devontae Adams. And then a tight end, you could have done a bunch of stuff. If you went up, you probably went up to Kelsey. If you went in the middle, you probably took Cook or Henry. And if you went down, you took one of the Browns tight ends. Obviously, if you took Bryant, you did much better than if you took Njoku. But if you took either that they split cat, they split snaps. There was really nothing down in the punt tight end type of range. So, and then the basically the Washington defense or the Browns defense. The Washington defense was going to be mega chalk with uh, with Dak out, and they, they should have priced the Redskins defense up to like thirty four hundred, and they didn't. Uh, the Washington football team, yeah, I, 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 all of us in the DFS industry, like it's the Oakland Raiders. No, it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Like those types of mistakes, but but, but essentially that was if you weren't like on that pool of players, and if you if you had a lineup that had all of those players in it, and you didn't cash. You just got on the unlucky side of like, you know, a 2v2, a 3v, you know, like that that type of thing. I don't consider it to be like you did anything wrong. It's just that obviously the edges in cash games are are pretty small. So that can make that can make a difference. So so Stevie, I'm I'm assu- I'm assuming that you know you agree with my assessment. If you if you're gonna if you're gonna get anywhere outside of that type of pool, you have to do so knowing that you're gonna be suboptimal. Yeah, no, I I agree 100% what you said outside of I think Herbert was in play in cash against Jacksonville. Um yeah. I played him. Like that's who I ended up playing. Like I I was I was like, man, I, I did I was doing really well until Murray like went bazinga. Um How much was but, Herbert again? 6400 against Jacksonville coming yeah, off of I, a bye at home like It's a weird price range. That that the the only difference right. is that like 400 more I get Watson and then 900 less I get Burrow. So like yeah. no like if Herb like let's say Herbert was was 6000 I think that cuz then it changed then you had a little bit extra right. money or if let's say Watson was 7300 and Murray was 7300 like that range then at least he lands in a zone where like your your 2v2s could move around I just thought the the projected difference between Watson and Herbert wasn't worth the 400, but I don't think you're, I don't think you're nuts, but you had to have known that Herbert was like that. Most people are going to be on, like most people were going to have Kyler Murray essentially. I knew that I was chasing Murray Watson for the most part. Um, Like I knew those were going to be like the two chalk quarterbacks. Like I was looking at it before and I thought like Wilson was going to come in a little bit higher than like what we had him projected at. So like, I, you know, I knew I was chasing, um, at the beginning of the week, us down Herbert outscored them. Yeah. Like at the beginning of the week, I thought Stafford was going to be kind of chalky and like how the news kind of broke. Like you were able to pay up a lot more because of, um, you know, some guys being out. So I went Herbert Kamara Williams. I had Keenan Allen. I went Galladay. I had McLaurin. Um, like I had like a pretty, chalky build but where i got different was i wasn't i didn't love geo in cash i was like i could see this going really bad um i'm going to correlate kamara with mike davis in cash um and mike davis was someone that like i I just love the floor he didn't get a catch until a minute and 18 seconds to go in the second half and i was like well maybe he's not gonna have his floor today um, and then I played Dalton Schultz at um, tight end. Like I hated the idea of picking which Cleveland guy. And um, so, yeah, like at the end of the day, I went with the floor of Mike Davis. Um, I scored 183 you points. Floor. You got his basement. I did get his floor. Um, and, and like, you know, Dallas was terrible. I played Washington defense too, by the way, like they were my highest on defense in tournaments too. Like, it just it made a ton of sense like to not be stupid and just play them this week. So, so I knew that I I was kind of hoping that Adams and Galladay would be around the same like score wise. Um, and, and like when Adams had his big day, I knew I was going to be trailing. I knew I was going to need a massive day from Herbert and Allen. 
I had a massive day from Herbert. Um, Allen came in at a little bit lower ownership than I had thought. Like most of the double ups, he was what 20 to 30% owned. I thought he was going to be much higher than that at 6,200, but like I knew I was chasing, but I knew that like if Geo didn't get there and he got there super late, um, that I, I would have a real good chance to be very different in like three mans and stuff. And I took a chance. It didn't work out. I still had a good day. Like I did not lose money. And like, to me, that's a good day when I know how much the chalk hit, then I'm perfectly fine. Right. I mean, you only need as many points as you need to place in the contests. But like when when you're playing cash games, especially Sunday morning, I knew what the build was. Like I, I knew what the chalk build was. It was blender. I could be doing this for, two months and know what to build when you have two cheap $4,000 running backs getting opportunities. So like knew where everybody was going. I looked at the optimals. I I knew where everybody was going. It was just like, where can I be different? And like, I'm always the person that's like, tight end doesn't matter. So like Dalton Schultz, he didn't do anything, but like tight end doesn't matter. He he fit playing. Right. Well, the same thing for defense. Like I could have made a build with the Browns defense. But I don't want to, I don't want my slate decided by defense because it's nope. so highly variant. One of the things, uh, and, and I teach this uh, in, in my course, if you, if you want to buy it, at the theoryofdfs.com, that what in cash games, you're looking to lower your variance. In GPBs, you're looking to, to increase your variance. You want wide ranges of outcomes. Uh, if, you're, if you're down to a decision that's very close, usually side with the one that will be more owned, especially if it's in a high variance position. So uh, while, you know, I, I've been going back and forth with, uh, with, with Davis on Twitter, because uh, they made fun of Nate for playing Deshaun Watson in cash games on the Gilcast, And we know in NFL DFS that generally the, co- the running back and the quarterback positions are the less variant more narrower ranges of outcomes between the players and the player pool. Wide receivers and defense, like wide receivers next, but like the defenses are the most variant positions. So defenses could score zero to 20 gun, and you don't know what it's going to be and what defense it's going to be. But I know that, that we see here in the $100 double up, the Washington football team defense was 68% owned. So, do I want my slate decided? If, I, if I'm on a close decision on, do I make this build or that build? And the difference is that I'm not playing the 68% on defense. I'll play the build with the 68% on defense. So when they put up 17 points or whether or not they put up two points, my slate isn't being decided by that high variant position that is, is, is not random, but very wide range of outcomes. So like I could have I could have gone down and just played Kyler instead of Watson. I could have done that, but I thought that I needed to block Kamara, Williams, Washington football team, McLaurin. And then now now we're talking now Adams all I thought Adams was actually less owned than he he was 46% in the $100 double up. He was 30% in the $5 double up. So I thought I had to play him. So like I I put in the guys in my lineup that I think I that even if even if I'm slightly if I like a slightly different build that I want to block their upside because it's going to be high variance and I just I want to take that out of my lineup and then I build then I go okay what's the three v three the two v two can I get killed by Traquan Smith no is he gonna is Traquan Smith gonna be eighty percent owned no so like he ended up being thirty percent owned in the hundred dollar double up I'm fine with not playing Traquan Smith. Uh, Bernard, just like with, with Stevie, what you said, I don't think he's high variance. He's that, that's the reason why you didn't play him because do, do, do I, how often is Gio Bernard in this spot going to put up 30 plus points? I'm probably not, you know, I'm probably, I'm probably getting 15, right? Maybe I'm getting nine, maybe I'm getting 21, but like, if I play, if I don't play Gio Bernard, I'm not thinking of, I, I'm, I, I hope he doesn't beat me. So like, I, I understood the builds with Kareem Hunt instead of Gio or even Mike Davis, if you're building a more correlated lineup because you're playing some single entry stuff. Uh, and, and the same thing for like Galladay and Allen and like 
they were equal enough, but they weren't owned enough. Like Galladay was 28% in the $100 double up. Allen was 23% in the $100 double up. And same for tight end. Like Kelsey was 29%. Cook was 13%. Like, but once all these guys, like Devontae Adams up, McLaurin, Jamal Williams, Alvin Kamara, it's like, even, even if I think there's a possible construction that doesn't include those players, I, I would have to think that it's significantly better for me to not play those players because it's just, it's just not worth it in, in a, in a double up type of environment where I don't need to score the most points. I just need to score enough points. So that's, that's the main reason why like, like Jamal Williams, Stevie, look at this discrepancy. Jamal Williams was 76% owned in the hundred dollar double up. He was 49% owned in the $5 (laughs) double. How is did, or did people just like, I mean, I know that we, we knew that Aaron Jones was doubtful like Friday night, right? And then we got some more news on Saturday that that I know in some places say, oh, he could play. He's technically a game time decision. But once they called up the the, the, the other running back from the practice squad, it's like he's, he's not playing. And it's like, Green what? Bay. They're always extremely careful so like when the news came out friday that like he missed practice like it was a done deal friday like it's green bay like Devonte adams was ready to play the week before the bye and they were uber careful of course they're gonna be uber careful with aaron jones like uh just but also to we hammer at 11 30 90 minutes right 90 minutes yeah. before lock aaron jones inactive what what did what did half the field do what i mean what did at least 25% of the field. Cause like, yeah, 25% of the field faded it in the hundred dollar double up. But like, where's that extra 25%? Like he he's out. What, what, why aren't you playing a minimum price running back at 4,000 for the highest implied team total team with, <laughs> at, with red zone and end zone. And he got, and he's going to, even if you thought AJ Dillon was going to split Jamal Williams is the pass catching back. So even half the snaps and pass catching at 4,000 for the highest total team on the board. Like what, what, what I, I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. If you didn't play him in cash games, like just don't play cash games anymore. How do how do you, how do you not identify yeah. that? No. Yeah, for sure. I think he was your first piece in like, and it's not even like him and Kamara. Like you just play those two guys. Like, they averaged out to what um, eleven thousand something money wise. Like you were getting, you were getting four x on your return from that combo. Like you as just a play floor. those. Yeah, like you like just as a, like literally as a floor. Not even that's not even the ceiling of that. Yeah, like you know we got pretty much like a floor type of game from Camara. Like I don't know, man. Like you you play those two guys like. The other decision, like Geo or Hunt, I get it. Like I, I think that one was closer than like what it shows. Like they, they almost scored almost the exact same fantasy points, and like Hunt didn't do anything in the first half of that game. Um, so I, I, I could see going either way there. Like again, I knew I was being different, but like overall perspective of looking at this slate, there was four running backs for cash this week. Um, again, I know I was different. Don't listen to me. I know where I'm being different. Um, but from a build perspective, like it should have been those four guys. And then like you, you look at like the quarterbacks and there wasn't like in in the double ups, it, it almost seemed like everybody wanted Murray and he had a monster game, but like, then it was really broke up a lot more than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, in the lower stakes especially. But, I mean, the $100 double-up, the second choice was Watson. But it was 60% Kyler Murray, 12% Deshaun Watson, and then 5% Herbert. But as you go down in stakes, like, then it, then after after Kyler Murray, it becomes, like, whichever quarterback you want. But at, like, the running back slots, like, at the running back slots, you saw a, a, there was a lot of recency bias. I mean, like, DeAndre Swift at 8%, Carson at 8%. Uh, I mean, for the most part, like you could tell from the percentages that even at the $5 double ups, a lot of people were playing four wide receivers. They were playing wide receiver flex even, which when you have two value running backs, you should, I mean, for cash games, you should, you probably should not do. 
Uh, for GPPs, you could flip the script, obviously. But at the wide receiver position, we had like Terry McLaurin was 62% in the $100 double up, 45% in the $5 double up. I mean, look how massive that discrepancy is. Devontae Adams was 46% in the $100 double up, only 30% in the $5 double up. I was amazed. I looked at when Adams is going off, I'm like, okay, that's not going to change much. Cause I, I mean, I play higher stakes double ups. I play the 250, the hundred, I play stuff up there, but I also play as many of the $5, $10 double ups as I can. I can't play the one to $3. One. Was, was there two $5 double ups? Cause the one that I have up in results DB has McLaurin at 60%. I'm looking at the five, giant $5 double up. Yeah. I have both of them. I have the single entry. It's six, It has McLaurin at 60% and the, giant five dollar double up that has massive entries has mclaurin at 65 percent. that's not on my screen <laughs> just are you looking I'm at the just... massive are you no 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 i think you're looking at the massive double up that is multi-entry no i'm looking at both of them i have really? them both up yep the nfl giant five dollar double up single entry yep that's so i'm saying i wonder if there was two well i have the one that's in results db that's weird. That's where we so, are. We both looking at the same thing, but showing different. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's why I'm curious. I'm gonna send you a screenshot and see if we're. Because like I, I, I was looking at it. I was like, McLaurin shouldn't have been that much difference. Um, yeah. Let's see. Is there a new update to results DB or something? I don't know. I don't want to give. I just say, but the thing is, I don't want to give false figures or anything. No, I know. I just sent you a screenshot in, in our Slack chat. So um, you can look at it and see. Like, it, it, I could just have the wrong contest selected, but like the $5 yeah, you giant. You don't have the single entry one. You have the giant. $5 no, I have both of them. They're right next to each other on the. There's two on the right. There's the giant, and then there's the single entry double up giant. They're both there. And so I said McLaurin was 60%. I have this literally the same one up. <laughs> There must have there must be two of them and you're pulling up the one another different one. That's why I said I think it's weird. Um because like I played I played the giant five dollar double up and I'm looking at my team right now and it's forty five point eight percent for McLaurin. Right. Okay. So 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 in in, in your DK screen, you're showing yep. the the numbers that I'm looking at. Yep. So I don't know what's what's different about it. I'm gonna okay. try to reopen it and see if it changes. But... So mine is more likely to be correct. Yeah, yours is okay. right. Okay. Uh, yeah, so yours is right matters. because, like I said, I I played in that contest. I'm looking at it. Um, I don't know why it's showing up that way, but either way, um, still isn't isn't. But look at those discrepancies. Now that you oh, look at massive. it, look at those discrepancies. Yeah, it's massive. So, um, you know, we saw Adams. You know, forty six percent in the hundred dollar. Um, what was he in the five? Like, it's not showing up for me. It's weird. Adams was thirty percent. That's why I was saying. Yeah. Like when he was going nuts, I'm like, okay, this is not going to really, it's like, okay, every quote, everyone has him. And then I look in some of my contests and I see 32%, 37%. I'm like, like, who did other people take? And then I see like Diggs at 12%. I'm like, okay, I guess Diggs got some of it. Then I see Galladay at, uh, you know, 20% or 18%. And I'm like, okay, now, now I see where, you know, it didn't get siphoned off to one person. It just, incrementally people played slightly different builds and probably the builds that had like hunt in it instead of like geo and then you could you had to pay down at two pass catching spots but i think the process is wrong even if you're just hand building that we had so many good wide receivers to play on the slate that that like that's why like traquan smith wasn't a priority to me because like do i really want to fill up a wide receiver slot with with a 4k wide receiver or do i want or do i want to fill up my tight end spot with a 6k tight end and my decision was that that i i didn't think tight end would be the weak winner right i thought tight end uh, scoring would be flat i didn't think i didn't think kelsey would put up 30 points that would kill me so i'm like yeah all the tight ends are gonna put you know kelsey might put up 16 but i'll get eight out of cook and even though it's eight points less, I'll make that up in the, the higher wide receiver. But I mean, but I understand those bills. But why is DK Metcalf 15% in cash games on DraftKings? On FanDuel, he was the cash game play because he was 7,300 and Lockett was 74. 
but at 7,200 on, on DraftKings, like this is, this is what I see recency bias, even in cash games. We had Chase Claypool was 9% owned in the $5 double at 5,700. Chase Claypool with Deontay Johnson back. Chase Claypool got one, one target. That's it. One target. What did people expect? So you get these re- recency bias stuff, people looking at just the last game, and you really have to look at median outcomes, which variables change. So, uh, you know, DeAndre Swift isn't going isn't gonna to get all efficient on, on 38% of or whatever he got last week, a big run and a touchdown. Like, I know 8% sounds like small amount, right? Well, only 8% of people played it. But also there, there are 8%ers and 5%ers all over the place. Right, six percent of the field played Tyreek Hill. Ronald Jones was seven percent. Uh, we take a look at uh, at Kenyon Drake was two percent, three percent. Demarcus Robinson was two percent. Like all these, all these things add up. So like you win at cash games, especially at the lower stakes, because enough people make suboptimal decisions in at least one or two slots in their lineup. They may be different players. But there's enough of them that even though the rake may be 15%, 13% down there, you may actually have a bigger edge in them than in the, in the, in the higher stakes contest. But if you're a really good cash player, you should have an edge in all of them. Um, I don't think there's anything else. Uh, you know, defense, it was pretty chalky where you were going to go defense this week. Um, it was cheap Washington or cheap Cleveland. Like, you know, I, I know Washington scored 17, but they could have easily just scored seven. Um, you know, the Chiefs made in like an interesting tournament play because of the weather. Anybody that's playing the Bill or the Jets, so like the Bills defense. Um, but like this is more that's more tournament talk. But you know, even like tight end, I think tight end was a position like you said. I didn't think it was going to kill me this week. Um, you know, Darren Fells put up a zero but he could have easily put up 10 points like you know i don't think like looking especially looking at like the ownership of tight end kelsey hunter henry jared cook najoku hawkinson fells like none of the none of the tight ends are wrong ever in my opinion i think if you played a tight end for the money that you spent on him you're fine like I wasn't you playing tight end. You, yeah. you have to submit someone in that slot. So. You you have to, yeah. Right? So as long as you played one of them, you were fine. Could you imagine if they gave us a flex instead of a tight end this week? We would have saw 300-point scores. Um, um, so, yeah, let's um, shift gears to, to tournaments a little bit. You know, we, we like to talk tournaments as well. Uh, we have the play action, the slant, the Millie Maker, the Wildcat, and the Spy. Um <laughs> Jordan, what, what's the first thing that you noticed when you were looking through results DB today? Okay, well, boy, we're gonna we we do the same scolding like every every Okay, so we could we could talk like we could talk about this for a few minutes, but there is something that I want to talk about this week that like I spent 45 minutes on Sunday afternoon going through and looking at my non-Devante Adams teams and like switching out, making adjustments to those teams, knowing that I was chasing. So we could talk about that too, if you want. Well, not necessarily. I mean, we're just kind of looking at just ownership, but yeah, if you didn't have Devonte Adams in your lineup after the 1 PM games, unless you were playing so much of the 1 PM games, like I was that there weren't many swaps to make. Uh, you should have been looking to get on like low owned pieces of other games. You, you should have looked to, if you had Kyler in that, let's say, let's say you didn't have Adams. Okay. So, well, just use it as an example, instead of just, talking for 10 minutes about the concept. But let's say you had a GPP lineup that had a snowflake in it or, or just an underperforming guy. Maybe, you know, maybe you had, uh, you, you played uh, Mike Davis. You play, let's say you played Kamara and Robbie Anderson. There's, there's a good example because there's a correlation that I did. Robbie Anderson puts up 13 points. Now I also had DJ Moore. So DJ Moore was in other lineups. I didn't have to move those. Robbie Anderson put up 13 for 6,000. That ain't winning a GPP, right? That's, you know, I'd, if that wins a GPP, I'm going to need to make sure that I get as, as much relative value as I can. So let's say I had a lineup with Kamara who didn't hit a ceiling. He just got 22, but Williams got 20 and Bernard got 20. So that wasn't special. If let's say in that lineup, I had Kyler and Hopkins. Let's say I was, let's say that lineup was Kyler, Hop, like, 
I'm not sure how you get Hopkins. Yeah, because you're you're not playing Adams, so that's why you have Hopkins in that lineup. Right. Kyler was mega chalk, right? And the Seattle, like that game was was chalky enough that the least you could do is switch to the opposite end and then go, well, I'm going to play Russ and Lockett because that'll be a lower own combination. Or I'm instead of playing uh, Kyler Murray, I'm going to play Herbert and Keenan Allen because that'll be a lower own combination. Still, still owned. I mean, we're not talking about like nutso, but you could have done Brady Godwin. You could have done Brady Godwin Waller. Let's say you had Kelsey in that spot. So you had you didn't have Devontae Adams. You had a quarterback, a wide receiver, and a tight end spot open with Murray in the quarterback spot. You should have changed that. You should have changed that to Brady Godwin Waller. Brady was like nothing owned. Godwin was single-digit owned. Waller was single-digit owned. You know that you're not going to win if Kyler has a good game because you have Robbie Anderson sitting at 13 points in there. So to gain more relative value, to scoot up the leaderboard higher, you needed to switch. If you left your lineup as it was, you you had to you were thinking in your head, I'm going to solidify a higher chance at a min cash, not a hundred percent chance at a min cash either. But just right. if you just leave it as it is, your upside is like two x. Maybe you even get past the one point five x level and you get to the two x level. Yeah, because like, you're. It. You're chasing all of those Adams Murray teams. Like you're chasing right. all of them. Yeah. Right. Like, but if you if you switch off to Brady Godwin Waller and they explode, you don't have to chase them. Now the Murray teams and Murray Hopkins teams are chasing you because you have a one percent Brady with a four percent Godwin with a four percent Waller who who outscored uh Kelsey, who was chalkier. Now, yes, you're probably not gonna win first place with Robbie Anderson to 13 points. But maybe you come in 88th place and you have like a 10X on the entry instead of a 1.5X on the entry. But also on the other end, you end up with no money. Like that entry doesn't even cash. So those are the things that you have to consider when you late swap. Is it worth me just locking up a 90% chance of a 1.5X finish with my $10 lineup? turning it into $15 or maybe I have a 20% chance at a 10 X finish. So it doesn't happen. It, it, it only happens one out of five times, but you win eight times your money in those times that it happens. So can you, can you like, can you narrow it down to like an exact percentage? No, it's kind of a feel thing. You have to think, what are my chances? What are my chances if I do this? What is the payout if I do that? And that's what you should at least be weighing. If you don't, if you end up not changing, because let's say you're very risk averse and you really need, you I can't lose this $10. I'd rather have a good chance of turning it into 15. That's perfectly fine. It's, it's, it's a lower EV move to make, but if it means so much to you just to get an extra five bucks like that, 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 that's a matter of risk tolerance. That's not, that's not quote incorrect. If you want to maximize the amount of money that you make as you play DFS day after day, probably switching for that, you know, you have a five to one chance, but the chance that it happens, you get paid so much more for your money. Yeah. Like I, I just saying, like I spent a lot of time just adjusting, like I ended up with even more Herbert. Like he was one of my favorite plays in general, but ended up with even more Herbert. Um, and it's just something that you can do. Like Blender's saying, like, or you can just load up the afternoon slate because um, I did that too. So <laughs> and, and then you load up the showdown slate. You just keep on chasing your losses. Why not? Um, it wasn't even chasing losses. It was chasing. Um, I don't have enough Devonte Adams. So. Um, yeah, but I these. was like, I was like, okay, I'm Devontae Adams. I don't have to worry about Tyler Lockett. So who cares if I don't have any Tyler Lockett? Well, then I cared. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So the first thing like we talk about every single week, and it was even more crazy this week, is just where are people building these teams? Um yeah, where, like, no, where are like are they in like crazy inside? Or do they have straight jackets on? And it worked well, how, this week. How, like how if, could, if, no, 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 no. I got, I got to rant. I got to be the first one to rant on this one. I no. know you get, to, 
You get to be the first one to rant in all of them when you say the most. How is Kamara? Kamara is like 50% owned average in contest. Like 50%, 61, 56, 44, 50, whatever. I'm going to type in Robbie Anderson in here. And he's and he's seven percent, and DJ Moore is 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 four percent. What? Yeah, five. How is that possible? <laughs> you knew you knew where I was gonna rant. So people like thing. my my rants are so much more entertaining. I think that's why I did it. No, no, that's fine. Like I, I'm with you, and like if you add in add in Traquan and Jared Cook, like nobody just played Carolina. Nobody. Like right, Bridgewater. Nobody. I play. I my one of my highest exposed uh, running backs was Mike Davis, in GPP. I was thirty five percent on Mike Davis, you know, playing correlated with the the New Orleans players. And then I had in my. I mean, I have my build up right here. I, I built a hundred and fifty lineups across contests. So this is a little in this contest, a little in that. It's all over the place. Uh, but I had twenty four percent Robbie Anderson. I had nineteen percent DJ Moore. And I specifically in lineup HQ made it that in any Kamara lineup I made, any, it had one of those two players. Because I knew Kamara would, if I'm, I was under on Kamara. So I still have 32% of them. So it's not like I had none of them because it was so expensive and so owned. Uh, but I just made sure that if, he, if I'm going to be playing a nearly 50% owned player or more, I'm going to tie them to at least like a 10 or 12% owned player. And it turns out, Anderson and Moore came out even less than that. And Mike Davis came out in at 8%. So from a decision point, it didn't get there. You're right. But once I saw the ownership of the Carolina players, I'm glad I played as much of them, even if they didn't get there. My Moore lineups were fine with Kamara and Moore. But but these are the things that, like, like you, could, you make the same example. Kareem Hunt, 20, 30% owned nearly. 28, 30, 28, 23, 20. Uh, I, let me tell you, one of my highest owned stacks was Burrow. I type in Boyd, 7 or 8%. Higgins, 7 or 8%. I played eight, plenty of AJ Green, 4 or 5%. So even if, and this is not what I mean by, well, why didn't you play Burrow stacks? Because you could have done, you or Bridgewater stacks. You can do that. But how about the secondary correlations in your lineup? So let's say you are playing Kyler Murray. Let's say you are, yeah, you're playing Watson, Rogers, that game. And then you're shoving in Kareem Hunt. Like why if why aren't you putting in a $5,000 Tyler Boyd in that lineup also? Because it goes together. Because 30% of the field played Hunt and like less than half of the people that played Hunt played a Bengals player in their lineup. Listen, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I'm not trying to, to scold you, Stevie. You I know, know, I just... I'm not scolding you. Like, I had I had 98 groups in a 20-entry max build this week. 98. Wow, that really? 98? You, that's 98 groups. Um, and I had 25% Kamara, for what it's worth, in my 20-entry max. My highest known player was Jamal Williams. But I had a ton of Jamal Williams, Will Fuller. And Will Fuller didn't get there, but... I knew if Jamal Williams was going to get rushing touchdowns, Houston was going to be behind. And if that was going to happen, it was either going to be Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks. I thought because of price, Cooks would be higher owned, which it was. So I played a ton of Will Fuller this week chasing that ceiling. Um, so, like, I was just kind of looking at, like, my build here. Um, my second highest owned player was the Washington defense. Again, I already kind of talked about that. I went overweight on Giovanni Bernard in tournaments because I was fading him in cash. Um, but I played a ton of Geo with Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. Um, and then I ran it back the other way with Kareem Hunt, with the Browns defense and Kareem Hunt, and with Kareem Hunt, the Browns defense, and one of T. Higgins and Boyd. I did not play AJ Green in a 20-entry max. I like the other two more. Um, so, like... Even if you don't have the quarterback, because I played, I don't think I played any Burrow. I didn't play any Burrow. So, like, I still had many, many secondary pieces stacks to that game. And, like, at the end of the day, like, it was one of the better correlated games. Like, Kareem Hunt did well. 
T Higgins did well. Tyler Boyd did well. The tight ends did well. Like I didn't play the Cleveland tight ends in tournaments. I think I had a little bit in the Joku. Yeah. A little bit in the Joku, but like even your secondary stacks, I had, I had 20% Deontay Johnson and 20% AJ Brown. Every Deontay Johnson team had AJ Brown as secondary stacks. So like, again, spending the hour to build inside your build before you hit that optimize button is or where you're, you're doing it by hand. Hold on, Stevie. Yeah, there are people that you... build by hand. Most people do. You could do this I by build... hand. Like all yeah. we're doing with groups, you have nine. I can't believe you have 98 because I have 57. And I think I make people say that I'm nuts for making so many groups. I had a lot of weird groups this week. And I don't even know if they all, by the time I got done with like my players, they all were even relevant. viable. Yeah. Relevant. So I was, uh, yeah, it was, it was just like wide receiver wide receivers. I had a lot of different weird conditionals. So like, it was just a, like, I typically have about 40 and this week it was just a little bit more because I knew where the chalk was going to be. And I was making very certain that like, I was not getting any like chalky builds. Like I had a Herbert e- Allen and like a Keelan Cole, like build, like, like I had a bunch of weird builds this week. So but what I was going to say, like, I play a lot of three entry and five entry max on both sites. I love those contests and I built all those by hand. And you do the same thing when you're building by hand. Like, you, you correlate, you build within the build. Like, th- there's what, three potential or four potential correlations in one build that you can do, right? Isn't it four? Yeah, I think Running. the max you could probably have is four with a skin. Yeah, even with a skinny stack, you'd have one independent one. So yeah, like someone, like I tweeted it out uh, uh, last night, like someone, uh, I don't know if they're a Roto-Grinders member, but they tweeted at me because they, they they listened to my book and like their lineup, like, like they didn't even think about this type of stuff a week ago. And the guy, like, I'll, I'll even bring it up. Like, I thought it was, it was such, it was such a beautiful lineup that like, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm in awe of it when I'm like, wow, you're like, I had to look and go, wow, you, you had four correlations in this lineup. I didn't, I counted like three. So this is the lineup that won uh, $50,000 for 267 score. I don't know what contest. I think this is probably a mid stakes contest or one of the secondary, like not something. I don't know. I don't know what contest it was because it scored 267. It was Murray with Hopkins and a Lockett bring back. Obviously you're going to, you know, what two players are going to be in this lineup. It's going to be Lockett and Adams. Uh, so Murray, Hopkins, Lockett, two plus one. Then he played Adams. On the other side of Adams, he played Brandon Cooks. So Adams, Cooks. Then he played Gio Bernard. On the other side of Gio Bernard, he played Harris Bryant, the tight end, the punt tight end. And mm-hmm. then he played Antonio Gibson, which is leverage off of Jamal Williams. And the which correlated with the Washington defense, four correlations and one, two leverage points, fifty thousand dollars. Now, d- d- does it mean that it could that oh it always works out that way? No, it but it gives you no. more of a chance. It increases your probability over people that build lineups that have no correlations. There was what four games that went over fifty, five games that went over 50? like. My $50 single entry team, which I put in some lower stakes single entry as well, it was a Murray, Metcalf, Lockett, Hopkins build. How did you spend that? Did you get a loan? Did DK let you get you a loan? So I played Geo and Williams as my running backs, right? I ran back Geo with Najoku, and I ran back Williams with Fuller, and I played the chalk Washington defense because I knew I I was going to be different with my build because of the correlation. And like, this is my default answer every week in the expert survey. We have a question on the expert survey. How are you going to be different every week? I can copy and paste my answer every week. I'm going to say my lineups are going to be heavily correlated and I might hit one time a year, but my correlation like this team does awesome. If Metcalf doesn't have that touchdown taken away at the end of the game, like, this team gets there. It, 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 it has a really good score and like it does really well. Like Will Fuller, if he does anything the entire game besides the little bit he did, like, but the team is so correlated that I know I have a better opportunity 
to win with a more correlated team if these games go off. Like this this team, no nobody on this team's team scored under 20 points, actual points. Like that's that's what you want to see. Like, like this lineup is exactly what I wanted to see. Like I got high scoring games up and down. It was just the one that I had pulled up. Um, and like I can go into a team that did really terrible. Hold on. Where's a team that did really terrible this week? Because you're going to get one when you play correlated lineups. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let, get, get, Stevie, can I explain like your mentality when you listen? Because, like, for instance, I played a bunch of Josh Allen lineups. Okay. He obviously didn't get there. Allen Diggs, Gabriel Davis, that didn't get there. Right. Do you think that I was that upset with Brashad Perryman getting injured? <laughs> no, no, because I knew that Brashad Perryman wasn't going to infect his injury. His his snowflake wasn't going to be in like my good borough lineups because Perryman was only going to be in correlated lineups with the Bills. So if the Bills do bad, Perryman does bad. The whole lineup does bad. The lineup has 55 points in it. Who cares? I mean, the cash line's 186. If I scored 184 in that lineup, I'd get $0 also. So like having, I'd rather have, if correlations mean when one thing happens, another thing is more likely to happen. So if the game goes off, the pieces that are correlated with each other are more likely to go up. But if the game goes really bad, the other, it happens the other way. That's called increasing your variance barbell you had wider range of outcomes so if you're going to go in and play mishmash type of stuff uncorrelated stuff you there are plenty of people listening that have played gpps probably for years that have had very close like they've come in like 68th place or 57th place like something where it's like not in maybe in the milli they've come in 40th place like up there and they're like oh if it was if i played this guy over that guy or you played 50 lineups but you didn't have the right combination. It's like, oh, if I would have played that guy in that lineup, when you play correlations, you're never thinking that way. You're just going, if, if, if some uncorrelated thing happens, you just chalk it and go, okay, what I, there's no way I played this guy over that guy in this type of lineup. So God bless the people that did and, and whatever happens, happens. But a lot of times you don't get stuck in the position. If I made Perriman as a one-off and I played him in 8% of my lineups, he would have appeared in, in a lot of Josh Allen stacks, but Perriman could have appeared as a one-off in two or three lineups. And now I'm sitting there in, in, in eighth place in a GPP with a four-point Perriman looking at that going, that could have been like anyone else. And I would have won. And why did I have Perriman in there without Josh Allen and, and Diggs? So now when, when the games go, if a game goes off or a game doesn't go off, you're less likely to be sitting there going, well, I, I don't know why, uh, you know, Will Fuller was not like Will Fuller was not in lineups that weren't in, you know, Watson, Fuller, Adams, Williams, those types of lineups. So like they either all get there or they all don't get there. And then when that happens, you win. And when it doesn't happen, at least the, the negative pieces of those aren't kind of like sprinkled. Those snowflakes aren't infecting everything. <laughs> I was looking through and trying to find. So this team on DraftKings scored 143 points. Um, and this was a Kyler, Kyler Murray team. And I wanted to just talk about how like correlation doesn't always work. So this was Murray Hopkins Carson. So it was the other way to correlate this game, in my opinion, with Marvin Jones and Julio Giovanni Bernard as a one-off because I felt like I could play him as a one-off in this team. This was a hand-built team. And then like I correlated some Dallas Washington players. I had Schultz and McKisnick. Um, not all of correlations work. This team didn't score good. This team got crushed. Like, uh, you know, well, no, no. I think the better point, like, just like I said, is not that the correlations didn't quote work. It's that when one does badly, the other most likely does badly also. So right. because that's the whole, that's the definition of correlation that their events are related to one another. So it's not like, Oh, you didn't, that lineup didn't score badly because you correlated it scored badly because both players did badly at the same time. The both players could have done better at the same time. Just so happens that like I played Gallup and McLaurin together. That didn't work. 
right? I played like two or three, a couple of Zeke McLaurin lineups. That obviously didn't work. I had a lot of Cooper McLaurin lineups. Right, no, I had a, I had a couple of those, those also because McLaurin was chalky and people weren't correlating him. So why not give it a shot? And then you play the leverage play in your other lineups. So I played Antonio Gibson in non-McLaurin lineups. And in those lineups, I didn't play a Cowboys player because I was correlating him with the, the, the Washington defense. So like, it's, it's a game where the, where, where, where Washington just steamrolls him because Gibson is like the lead running back or whatever that's correlated. So my Gibson Washington defense teams moved up. My McLaurin Washington defense teams moved up, but the Dallas didn't make it competitive. So no run back matter. And like you look at a lot of winning teams on the slate and you're going to see that like there wasn't a lot of runbacks and like this is one of the weeks that I know when I see like teams like this, I'm not going to always do well. Um, you know, like the winning, the, the winning lineup in this tournament had Murray Hopkins Lockett, but it had Jamal Williams and Adams with no run back from Houston. Um, and then it had, Bryant Jackson, Washington defense. So like there was a little correlation to this team, but not in like, not how I build my teams. So like, I yeah, know when I mean, I'm on a slate, on a slate where like all the chalk gets there, the, the yeah. reason why you correlate is to make up for the fact that you may not, you may not be playing the best projected optimal median plays. So you need to gain some, some ceiling part the the higher end of those ranges by playing people that are correlated together. Now, when all the median plays do well, where as long as you picked out all the right median plays, you know, eight different ones, if they all do well, then the correlate, you're, you're not gaining any benefit with the correlation because the, the value got there. But you're not playing DFS for one slate. It's not like, it, I, I, yesterday was it, Stevie, DFS is over, Stevie. Did you hear? Like, that was the last slate ever. Like, no, you get the, you get the play every day, right? Every week. Showdown slates, different sports or whatever. As long as you're making these types of decisions, there'll be weeks like this past Sunday where, yeah, your cash game crushed and your GPP, your contrarian stuff wasn't worth the, worth the damn. And then, but there, yeah. there are five other weeks where the truck, I mean, look, we talk about the week before the truck failed like there was no tomorrow. Like every, every snowflake's all over the place. And if you just made correlations and leverage, like you had a great chance of winning with GPP. Yeah, like, Think back to last week. You made fifty grand and got crushed in tournament or in cash games. Yeah, like, right, exactly. You know, like that's that's why. Like, I I think football is the most important sport when it comes to DFS to play cash and not just play strictly tournaments. Because like I'm strictly a tournament player, and every other sport, maybe outside of NASCAR, I play cash in NASCAR too. But um, it's always fun. These these shows. I really hope these shows are helpful for people. Um. You know, if there's anything that you ever want us to talk about, feel free to hit us up. We're getting a lot of great feedback about this show. Um, listen, correlations matter, Blender. They matter. Like All correlations matter. I, th I think there's a hashtag, right? Yeah, like, you know, play whoever you want, but well, you make sure... But that is play with... That now, right. now I think people are starting to get it, Stevie. Everyone thought it was a joke. Like, I'm just saying that, no, it's guesswork and throw darts at a dartboard. It's like, no, start your lineup out. Start with who do you want to play? Who do you think is the best play? Whatever. Just name anyone. You go, I'm going to play Devontae Adams. I'm like, okay, so tell me who you should play after you have Adams in your lineup. Well, I should probably play a Texans player. What Texans player should you play? Uh, well, play whoever you want. Just as long as it's a Texas player, you know, play because it's correlated. And you go, okay, I'm going to play David Johnson. And I'm like, okay, David Johnson is leverage off of those cheap running backs. Okay. I, and he's correlated. Okay. So I get it. Okay, tell me the next thing you want to do. It's like, well, I, well, I want to, I want to play uh, Keenan Allen, and I'm like, okay, play Keenan Allen. Maybe you should play Justin Herbert with him because that's leverage off of Watson and Kyler, and it's correlated with. Oh, it, and, and you could tell me to screw, to screw off and say you don't want to play Justin Herbert, you want to play Tom Brady, and I'm going, okay, so if you're going to play Tom Brady instead of playing Keenan Allen, you should play Chris Godwin at right in that range, if that's who you want to play because it's correlated. Hence, play whoever you want. Make sure your lineup tells a story. Play whoever you want and pay attention to building your teams. Don't just click buttons. Like, um, Yeah, that's it for Monday. 
tomorrow we'll be back talking game six of the world series the world series has been phen- phenomenal um you know we were all kind of like how would a 60 game season matter this year for baseball but i think this world series has been one of the better ones that i can remember in a long time so uh that's gonna wrap it up jordan always appreciate you joining me you guys can find him in discord all the time you can find his book um 15 hour masterclass game theory of dfs.com um, you know hit him up on twitter if you have any questions about that that's gonna wrap it up hope everyone has an awesome monday enjoy the monday night football game and we'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball